Hello and welcome back to Invader Sports. This is The Four Sector. Um, I'm joined today with Joe and Cal. How are you both? Yeah, seen better days, mate, but good and happy to be here as always. Um, Go on, Cal. Tell everyone at home what's going oh, on. I love to tell people I have COVID in 2022. Can you believe Survived it? Survived two years without it. I went two years without it and here I am COVIDed up to the max right now. So was that, super- was that night of the pub worth it? It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, fair. I thought yeah. you were going to say no, so fair enough. Oh, it was all right. I just don't want my sister to hear this and then I'd say no. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think I should cover myself off a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was all right. Um, I'm just going to I'm gonna open uh, with a quick one before we go right into Formula One and just let you know, our loyal listeners, of which there is many, um, that we have, this is our third attempt at recording this podcast. I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a tricky one. We recorded twice. It was a joke, you know, kind of going into the second time. It's been like, haha, you know, recorded a full episode, hour long, and uh, had some issues with the, the file kind of corrupted. And then it happened a second time. So fingers crossed, third time lucky. Uh, <laughs> But we'll we yeah. switched over Zoom. We switched yeah. over to Zoom, and we've paid for Zoom now. So if this goes wrong, unless Zoom shit's hitting the fan, us. Zoom sponsor us. Give us free Zoom. Free <laughs> Zoom, please. please free Zoom. Zoom. I've got direct Zoom. debit for this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Formula One, guys. Yes. A lot has happened since our last podcast that we need to talk about. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't. If we recorded the the second we... episode right the first time around. <laughs> yeah. There would have we been would less be, to cover. We would um, be a lot further ahead. But. For sure. But, yeah, some really big news. I think kind of a good place to start would be the situation with Michael Massey um, yeah. and him no longer being the racing director, um, which I think we all saw coming, right? Like, this we isn't did, yeah. the blue. We, we were speculating about it in the last podcast as well. So we did really have a feeling that it was coming. And ironically, I think it was the day after, a couple of days after recording. I think it literally was one. the day after, yeah. Yeah, that it, it actually went through. And it, I mean, a lot was said in that first podcast, so we don't need to say too much now. But, you know, as we said, the position was untenable. He was going to be under a microscope. He'd lost the trust of not just Lewis, but a lot of other drivers with his decisions over the season. Um, and his leniency and his tendency to sort of wilt to pressure, which, you know, you'd never see Charlie Whiting. But his inconsistency as well as his leniency, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, one rule for one and not for the other. Absolutely. Um, Gave a penalty to Lando Norris in Austria for pushing someone wide and then obviously very famously did not give a penalty to Max Verstappen in Brazil for pushing Lewis wide because it's Sorry, I can all hear about... the salt. I can hear the salt. <laughs> it's all about letting them race, isn't it? Jonathan Wheatley. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it had to go. We've got two new race directors, uh, Eduardo Frutas, who formerly performed the role in the world endurance championships and Niels Wittich, Wittich. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Who uh, did the uh, German Porsche tour car championship as well. So DTM uh, stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. And they're going to be assisted by the veteran Herbie Blash, who was um, the, basically the deputy under Charlie Whiting for those years where nobody would fuck with the race director. So, you know, I think it's looking up, it's looking positive. They're going to be there all through testing as well. So we can see how they're going to 
judge on things like track limits, which I was something I brought up the other day in the corrupted one, um, because last season we had a lot of things where drivers weren't even warned about certain track limit things, and then they were getting warned about them 50 laps into a race yeah. and stuff like that. It'd be like, watch out for turn 11. And it would be like, well, I wasn't told about turn 11. And they're like, yeah, they've just come up with it now. So it's all very interesting. But yeah, for me, Massey, he had to go. He has gone. He's got another role, apparently. And um, hopefully we can just look forward to a more consistent I think um, that is the biggest governing. thing, right? It's like whatever kind of the, the rules, the regulations are, as long as they're consistent, as long as everyone knows where they stand, because we've had situations where even commentators have, have, you know, been confused with trying to talk about the race and not knowing themselves if something's within track limits or, or not. So I think as long as they establish some form of consistency and remove that direct line from team directors, that's like the biggest thing in my mind. Yeah, um, I think that's massive. And that's something we touched on in our, our first episode. And it's something everyone's sort of been talking about for ages is kind of like that line should not be open. And no. to be completely honest with you, even if it is, we should not be able to hear it. No way. Um, no way. I know that we love to get all the, you know, the big scoop, but we shouldn't be able to hear that. Um, if there is, if that is there that that kind of stuff going on, um, we need we don't need to hear that. It probably altered the way that they spoke to Michael Massey as well, um, which is you should not have an influence on something like that, you know. So, oh, you, you know, mean the fact that we could hear it and yeah, that everyone, uh, the everyone team bosses, hear yeah, the team bosses yeah, knew yeah, yeah. we could hear that. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And I feel like that would at least slightly alter the way, even if it's uh, the specific attitude that they would speak to them with. You know, would they be screaming and effing and blinding at him if they if they didn't know that people could like if they knew that we couldn't hear it? I, I don't know. I just feel like they'd probably be a lot more respectful, but they because they know I, that people can hear it. I don't know. I, I think the only and again, this might be a little bit biased. I think the only example of that where I think you probably wouldn't see too much of a difference is Toto Wolf. Yeah, I think regardless of if the cameras are on or if the cameras are off, I think he's generally just got such a high form of professionality to him. Again, it might be biased, but from what you see, he doesn't really change. You know, it's... it's no, it's, I think he's a hard-ass no matter what, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and the same actually, <laughs> I kind of think with Gunter Steiner, I think he's one of these people where he doesn't care if the camera's on him or not. He is just Gunter. Um yeah, I really like him. I actually, do you know, it's funny. I had a dream last night that he got the job at Alpine, right? Right. And um, and then he just, and then he got sacked. And I was like, mate, you're right. And he was like, I've just fucking lost my job. And I was like, oh, mate. Um, <laughs> so like, you're actually enough, with him. Um, I, yeah, well, I was there when he got sacked. I think I was taking over. But right. um, what as the new boss? Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent. But no. Ironically, I did. I was watching. Obviously, um, tomorrow is the new Drive to Survive and the Sky and Sports and the Jewel series. Yeah, uh, the Sky Sports uh, documentary. Well. Yeah, they're, they're doing their own sort of spin on it. I'm um, relatively excited for that, but also a, a little bit tense because I understand that there will be an element of dramatization. Yes. within the Sky Sports version, as well as the Netflix version, by the way. Um, I, I, do you know what? This goes to goes to show, you know, I, I 
didn't actually know Sky Sports were making their own version. Yeah, they're making a, a whole like season review thing on it. It's got, I think it's got like Brundle and you know all the all the pundits, Ch- Chandok and yeah. hopefully not. I, I think it'll Davidson. be good. I think it'll be good. Do you think it'll be very different to drive? I mean, format wise, no. I it's just it it's be. just based on Hamilton and Verstappen. Oh wow! Okay, is that ju- so? That's what the duel season. is. That's what the duel is. So it's just it's just about the championship battle, yeah. uh, which means they don't have to focus on a whole episode devoted to Nikita Mazepin. No, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just gonna be. So I was watching Drive to Survive yesterday. And that's how I fell asleep. Um, and that's why I think he was in my dreams. Um, losing his job at Renault that he doesn't have yet, maybe one day. If it happens, well, I by mean, the way. Before we talk say. about uh, Nikita Mazepin, should we quickly chat about Otmar Safna? Yeah. Well, he's, he's gone, isn't job. he? He's gone, isn't he? He's, he is, um, yeah. he's left Aston and he's gone to Alpine, which was uh, a little bit out of the blue for everyone, wasn't it? It was an interesting move. Um, I guess it's one of those things where, you know, I think there's definitely a conversation. Are they going to be in the same fight? This, well, no one knows, but, you know, it's I hard mean, to tell. you very much assume so, wouldn't you? Is it, it, but what I'm saying is at this point, it's very difficult to tell. Is it a step up or a step down or just a yeah. sideways move? It um, is a I think it's a lateral move. That's a guess. Yeah, yeah but it's just like, because obviously with drivers, you kind of, you can make more sense of it. But when it's in their position, is it like, what would make him feel he would wants to go to Alpine instead of Aston? Like, is there, is it just maybe, money talking? Do you think? I, or? I think either that or it's higher ambition. I think yeah. Maybe they showed him something that he wasn't you know, getting. But the drunk. thing is, you, I, I, I did have say, a race win last year, Alpine. Yeah, they did have a race win. But I wouldn't say something like driver, driver lineup comes into it because as much as you've kind of got, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's similar for both teams. You've got a very well, like a, an absolute veteran of the sport. And then you've got someone that's decent alongside them. I think Ocon is better than Stroll, but I'm saying both teams have a fairly decent second driver. Um, so I don't even think it's for for kind of like a, a driver lineup. I think it's literally probably money, but also ambition. Um, I'd imagine Alpine's probably said to him, we're put, pushing this much into R&D we got these plans for the next five seasons, stuff like that. And maybe that was just the correct move for him. Um, but again, going into all these regulation changes and what's coming into the new season, no one really knows who's done well and who hasn't. So Aston Martin could be, you know, for we know, one of the top three teams, or they could be middle or bottom and the same with Alpine. So, But maybe it's a very just interesting... really loved the pink and blue. Maybe there he just that. thought, you know what, I just yeah. really like that pink and blue livery. There is that, but it's definitely an interesting time to make a big move like that, to be honest, I think. I'd understand it if it was like next season or the last season, because you know a little bit more about what's going on, but drastic changes, so it's definitely an odd one. Well, an interesting, actually, an interesting segue into into the next bit that we're going to talk about was um, that reveal when Alpine um, revealed their delivery. Uh, They actually had um, Piastri there, didn't they? Yeah. Oscar Piastri. Um, uh, We obviously hate the car that's something we we've talked about um but he is apparently in the running um for the vacant has seat of nikita mazepin um so the the running as motorsport.com are calling it is fitter giovanazzi hulkenberg and piastri yeah i'd like to um, see hulkenberg 
I'd like to see Hulkenberg back. I just think after all the years, um, I don't know if he really wants to come back to race at the back. Who, Hulkenberg? Yeah. For a lot of these other drivers, this is a step into F1, but for him... Well, not Giovinazzi. <laughs> yeah, but he's in IndyCar as well, right? So I don't think he's going to be that interested in a seat. Uh, Giovinazzi's Formula well. E, isn't he? Formula E, maybe, yeah. But yeah, I think way, he's just moved to Formula E, Giovinazzi. He's not going to be too interested, I don't think, in a seat at Haas. You know, if we're talking midfield, if it was, for example, Alpine, your Aston's, then maybe that would open the eyes. But I, I, I think for these... Younger drivers and the F2 drivers, this that this seat is worth jumping at. But oh, I want it for Piastri. I'm not going to lie. So sure. I was going to say, who is, do we do we know the current favourite? Is it Piastri? Fittipaldi. I, I think it's Fittipaldi is the favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it probably will be him. But you know, it's it is interesting to see who who's going to come in. At the end of the day, you know, it's. It's like fit you've you know it's not very big shoes you've got to fill it's fucking toddler shoes if I'm honest that you've got to fill. All you've <laughs> got to do spin. is drive in a straight just, line. I was gonna say just stay on the track. Yeah, that's, literally that's the biggest thing. Stay in the white lines and you're fucking Jesus. Don't get lapped hard. by rookie Mick Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, basically. So um at Haas, it's all about a teammate battle, really, isn't it? At the end of the day, so it's gonna be someone that's gonna come in and give Mick Schumacher a bit of competition. The, the problem as well, for even for these F2 drivers coming in and joining Haas, is you can't... I mean, the car restricts you to a point where you can't even put in performances to catch the eye of a bigger team because no matter how quick you are, you're just going to come last. So well, It's all based on your, your teammate competition, like you said, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. if, you can, if you can do... A, a good a good amount better than you know your teammate who is also you know an f2 champion then you know let's see how yeah. it goes i just think about drivers in the past that have managed to make the step up and stuff um Charles leclerc was in the the sauber right and he just was and he managed to just outperform that car and he got his got his move up and things like that and i and like carlos signs in the toro rosso verstappen in the toro rosso um and it's just, yeah, it's just trying to find, but they at least had some sort of midfield car to have, which was a bit of a platform to be able to show that they can outperform the car. There's mm. no outperforming this Haas. You can stick Max and Lewis in them, and they're not gonna, unfortunately, do a lot with them. So that that's the that's the problem they've got at the moment, Haas, which is probably why they're struggling so much financially as well. Is you know who wants to sponsor the car? I reckon the they're group. struggling financially due to the sponsorship issues. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's a big big problem anyway. But they they were struggling with money before because Gene Haas just doesn't want to pump money into the team, does he? Which so. is understandable. He, he won't sell it why. either, right? Yeah, no, he won't sell it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, it's. I think apparently a fellow named Andretti, something Andretti, apparently he's offered to buy it multiple times and they've said no, so he's going to make his own team or something. So have a look there out was, for that. There's, there's well. been some rumours about some new teams coming over the next couple of years. I saw something, I'm not sure how much truth that there is in this, but I saw something about, um, it might have been Audi, if not it was Porsche, but one of the, yeah. the German manufacturers, if not both of them, were, were looking, I think, looking at, an entry yeah there. i definitely saw that um, i think that's um like 2024 they're looking at, at entering or something like audi or porsche or something yeah. yeah it's you know it's another legendary name to come into the sport um if i'm honest despite you know all my um 
F1 nerdiness. I don't know of the history of Audi or Porsche in Formula One and what, um, you know, last time they were in it or anything like that. Um, very, I don't know very, if they have like a rich history in, in the sport. I'm not too sure, but I've just, I mean, I'm only going by headlines, but the, the headlines or the, the comment that I can see is Audi and Porsche are set to join Formula One in 2026. Audi and Porsche. And Porsche in 2026. Um, there, oh, so there'll be. I mean, a, does a that join... push manufacturers out, or is that as engines? Oh, that's what I'm wondering. Is so if we're talking it's manufacturers, about manufacturers, I think. So just reading this, the the um, the two German car brands are teaming up with racing teams in the motorsport championship. So teaming up, I'd assume. Because wasn't it McLaren that wanted to come in with um, the Audi? We're talking about. Yeah, so I assume well, I made that up entirely. Potentially just engines. It might be engines to start with, though, and it might end up being who knows in the future. I don't like the Audi rings on an F1 car. My dick. Oh well. no, I think it'd be cool. I think the Porsche would be nicer, but I think the Audi would be cool. Um, I just had a little look, and um, apparently, uh, Porsche cars competed in Formula One from 1957 through 1964. So. Looks like it's been a long, long time out of Formula One for them. They also had one season in 1991 as well. One win, five podiums, one pole position and a total of 46 points. Their last race was the 1991 Mexican Grand Prix. So, yeah, it's really a big comeback for them. They haven't got like a rich vein of history in the sport, but I'm all for making, making new histories in the sport, you know. Yeah, all for it, and I can't see anything about Audi. Um, so you know, if someone's listening and they're calling me a fucking idiot, well, look, Google says you're wrong. Yeah, so. exactly. I'm just looking at Google. So um, uh, yeah, I've I've seen things about Audi with McLaren and Red Bull with Porsche. Those were the two that I saw that were making me think that the Audi and Porsche rumors were. I mean, something, and they still, were. I think it looks like they were both from Autosport.com, which you know. Yeah, I mean, even still, we're talking like four years away, right? Like a lot can happen in four, as we know, a lot, a lot can happen in two weeks. A lot can happen in four years. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. The more engines, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mind seeing another team on the grid. No, no, that's what I mean. You know, there's rumours of like that Andretti team joining and, you know, yeah, let's throw another team in there. Why not? Um I don't want to go off on a complete tangent, but I actually watched something about um, that Indian millionaire, the guy that owned Kingfisher, yep. that had his own F1 team. And I was watching about how he scammed everyone yesterday. But that's another podcast. because what, what is the most, the most teams to be on the grid? Is it? I think there's, I'm sure we've had 22 or 24. I think we've had 24 cars in 2010. I think. And I would, argue that in in the modern era that would be the most but then it wouldn't surprise me if in like the 1950s there was like 40 cars or some shit because they just did not care about safety yeah they did not uh most uh most teams most teams in, in one season i guess um well it anyway. just depends on if you're talking about two cars per team right yeah that's true as well um, I guess it would be how many drivers. Yeah, I remember, I believe it was in like 2010 when there was like Manor, HRT, Caterham, um, 
which were all like cars like cars so they all sort of got to fight at the back which was fun for them and then from there it was like Williams, Renault, Lotus, uh, McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes went back in 2010 I don't think yeah were they I think they came back in oh but yeah they were back in 2010 they must have been maybe Mercedes but yeah there was a it was I think I I 24 cars off the top of my head yeah was was the most that I know of yeah anyway moving on Cal I know you wanted to discuss I mean you've kept you've kept up to date with it way more than I think Joe and myself have um with where we're at with testing so far yeah uh, anything Cal the testing expert <laughs> yeah shout out Ted Kravitz um yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just... Go on, quick... tell us where your research has come from entirely. <laughs> it's, it's Ted's Notebook, mate. Simple as Whee. that. But if, if, if anyone isn't watching Ted's Notebook, it's very educational. If you're looking to learn Formula One from people that actually know Formula One. <clears throat> and normally then, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Normally superb, mate. So um, I've learned about... Um, I was explaining the side pods to Joe and Luke last week in the podcast, which unfortunately didn't record. And um, Ferrari's side pod come in very interesting. And uh, Ted brilliantly explained it using the outer wrapper of a baby bell, you know, the red wax. Yeah. He explained the whole aerodynamics using that red wax and um, pouring water into it and just got water all over the Ferrari garage. Didn't give a fuck. Just interviewed, <laughs> interviewed Carlos Sainz right after. And then Carlos Sainz was like, is that a baby bell? And he was like, yeah. And then he pulled out the baby bell from his pocket. He kept, he kept the cheese aspect in his pocket for later. Hey, you um, can't waste good cheese. You can't, you can't waste good cheese and you cannot hate Ted Kravitz. Um, Testing, quick rundown, I guess. Uh, Mercedes were one and two, Red Bull were three and four on the final day of testing. Um, Verstappen on the mediums, Perez on the softs. Both Mercedes ran on the super soft tyres. So um, you can gauge barely fucking anything from it. Anyway, Red Bull have said that they're going to come in with basically a whole new car in the Bahrain test. Um, Mercedes were almost definitely sandbagging they this whole test was mostly about engine reliability because with the new regulations there is no alter like alterations to your engine so if your engine isn't ready for the new season and isn't reliable you're fucked basically so um the most of this and same with all the teams it was all about getting plenty of laps in most teams ran on the c3 which is the medium tire um notably uh, the williams were p8 and p9 ahead of the mclarens in p10 and p11 i thought that was interesting lando norris only getting in 52 laps latifi only got in 13 laps um with some reliability issues there um Bottas oh, those are a joke in. by the way some of those numbers when you think about some of the the numbers we saw from, uh, I think Mercedes and Red Bull had like 300 something <coughs> laps between them, right? Yeah, yeah, over the weekend. On day three alone, Mercedes had like 170 or 160 and Red Bull around 130. So, you know, it really shows that Honda and Mercedes in particular are getting their engines um, pretty good. McLaren yeah, around 138 laps on day three alone. Um, Williams did manage 107, um, Ferrari managed 136 as well. So, you know, it's a really good running and generally you see a lot of reliability issues in these tests. Don't call it a test. Um, but, uh, in this particular case, everyone has actually done very well. Um, interestingly, you saw a lot of variation in the shape of the car, in particular, the side pods, 
um, and your rear wings, because um, there's like two rear wings in a weird way now. Um, and as I say, uh, Ferrari come in with a specific one where essentially the side pod is like flat on the side and there's a big divot in the middle and the air basically runs through that. And this is actually the porpoising that we was going to mention where the cars have been bouncing up and down at high speeds. That could be called... Before we hit porpoising, Cal, um, yeah. I just wanted to, to track back a tiny bit. You know, you mentioned about uh, Mercedes and Honda. Are, are Red Bull not making their own engines yet? Are they? Am I wrong? Have I made that up? I don't know. They might be. I thought they were still with Honda. Okay. I might, I might be a season or two in front. I don't know, are they? Back on Google. <laughs> I thought they were t- I thought they were taking engines in-house. Um, it might not be this season, I might be wrong. Oh, it might be this season, actually. Yeah, I think it is this season. I knew they were doing it. I didn't know it was this year. But um if anyone can find it, that would be great. Um, I might be right. I think I think what is happening, I think, is it's like I think Red Bull are kind of taking over. So they're like, using Honda's engine this year. So Sorry. I think they're using Honda's engine, but it's like they're producing it from now. So it's like they're oh, so they're, they're doing it in house, but with Honda. Yeah, yeah. So I think along the lines of um, Red Bull are going to use Honda's engine technology, but they're oh, going to okay. they're going to run the engines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think- I, I saw this whole thing about the uh, the you know the site of Milton Keynes being you know sort of like insane. Um, yeah. for what they're going to do um, and it, uh, to be fair the article that I'm seeing now says a dramatic U-turn so I might have just spoken <laughs> prematurely and not read the article in time yeah, not at all um, but they, they were talking about Red Bull powertrains uh, okay here we go was initially set up to manufacture and maintain the engines for Red Bull and Alpha Tower in 2022 um, but obviously it looks like there's been some changes to that uh, and it says Red Bull F1 will use Honda engines in 2022 Honda will continue to supply them with engines until the end of the 2025 season. Oh, wow. And then by 2026, the newly established Red Bull powertrains will take over manufacturing. So, oh, yeah, okay. it looks like it was supposed to happen this season, um, and I just didn't keep up. Ah, uh, well, it's, you can be forgiven for that, mate. Definitely. Speak yourself. Joe, <laughs> and then, um, I guess, lastly, on the like aerodynamic side of things, aside from that porpoising that I was mentioning, uh, essentially the, the, the air because of that side pod, is pushing down on that second rear wing a lot. Gives it a lot more downforce, but at top speeds, because of the air current, it's basically pushing the back end of the car down over and over again, which is why it's causing the Ferrari to porpoise. Bouncy, Uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's hilarious. If you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, just pop onto um, like Twitter, YouTube, whatever, and just have a little look. It it needs to have the CV rolling over the top of it or something just to just to give it some effect. And uh, lastly, I did see that Mercedes technical director, um, I forget his name, it's like Mike something. Um, he said that they're going to be looking at Red Bull's interesting in quotes marks. I've put in my notepad here on my computer. I think it's James Allison, the technical director. Uh, the technical chief or something. Chief um, technical officer. Oh, something like that, mate. It's, uh, um, apparently anyway. it's James Allison. Okay, well, it's the, the Mike, some Mike something um, is the guy that I have in the back of my head. Mike Elliott? Yes, that's the name of the man I'm thinking of. Um, he said that the t- Mercedes, the team, will look into Red Bull's interesting side pods. They're very intrigued by the whole 
Red Bull thing that they came with because they came with a lot of, you know, whistles and bells on their car. There was like it was like they had loads of attachments. It was like a, it was like a, I don't know. It was like they had bloody red dot sight and grenade launcher on it. It was, it was an interesting uh, machine that they came with, and uh, Mercedes are going to be looking into it for sure. So Mike Elliott's role is a noun, and it is an aerodynamicist, which ah. is the best noun and probably the longest noun I've ever seen. I feel like that. I would like to be an aerodynamicist, but I wouldn't like to learn aerodynamics. I would like to just be called an aerodynamicist. Imagine yeah, it's a, it's a imagine, good name, isn't it? Imagine you're drunk and someone asks you what you, yeah. what you do. Oh, I'm imagine you're drunk and I'm someone asks you to spell the... aerodynamicist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, clearly Red Bull have done something that either Mercedes really like or really don't like that. Obviously, they're never going to let us know. But to me, that would suggest that Red Bull have done something good that Mercedes have not. And they will obviously be evaluating that. But of course, that's all going to change when we get into Bahrain um, next week, I believe. So Yeah, Rebel have said psych anyway, haven't they? Like you said, yeah, they said that this is just not even the car we're going to come with. So well, don't worry the about Red Bull it. car is wildly overweight at the moment. And they, I mean, they really want to change the weight limit. I was going to say, was that um, true? That Red Bull, have uh, you know, I, I didn't look too far into it, but apparently the Red Bull is overweight. I can't so. imagine they've done that. I, I can't, can't fathom that they've really fucked up that bad. But well, no, because I get it. Like they put, they pumped a lot of money into last season with the hope that, kind of as we discussed, that you know, everyone we will be waiting to, to you know put all their money into this season's car, so last season would have been easier to go for a title win in some aspects um, but there's no way they would have neglected this season that much to come in overweight no it seems very far-fetched and it i think everyone's obviously they're loving being able to come up with these sort of stories because at the moment people will buy into all of this stuff it's a lot of you know people want that to be true including me i want it to be true absolutely i want it to be true and um that makes these stories very easy to sell at the moment because people like me, we'll click on that. So um, whether it's, you know, it needs to probably come from a more reliable source before I start believing stuff like that. But yeah, allegedly the Red Bull is overweight, but that seems very far-fetched for a team of Red Bull's calibre to make such a crucial mistake. That might be the nicest that. thing you've ever said about Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel filthy. I'm going to have a bath in a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's basically my quick rundown of, if you could call it quick of testing and the porpoising um last week's version was a lot longer folks so just count your lucky stars that you missed that and joe and luke had to sit through the whole thing so yeah it was very interesting for nothing as it was well for nothing for nothing for nothing there to sit through i, it, so. I enjoyed it I enjoyed and the it. fact that <laughs> and the fact that was a shortened version yeah. um so as we're talking about all the new cars on the grid let's give a very cool, quick two minute section talking about who's your favorite car Joe, what, do you want to kick us off? Joe, who, uh, you know, a lot's changed in these few weeks. What's tickling your pickle? I'm, I'm, I'm still Williams, I won't lie. I'm still Williams. And when we've discussed the last two times <coughs> that didn't record, I'd still said Williams. And the yeah, first episode, I said Williams. I'm backing it. And I'm also saying that Aston is still my second favourite. Okay. And okay, then it okay. is Ferrari. Um, as we mentioned, I think the first thing that you said when I said that I hated the McLarens is that that might change. Mm -hmm. it, it has. 
Yeah. Um, it's probably crept up into that fourth spot. I won't lie. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And then after that, I'm relatively unfussed uh, by everything. I think um, Alphas was. Uh, everyone seemed to give a bit of hype to the Alpha, the Alpha Romeo. That is not the Towery. Um, I uh-huh. think that was that was good. That that might that might well take the fifth spot. Um, I like the Mercedes as a Silver Arrows. I hope we see it a little bit more chrome, as we've mentioned before, um, because I think that right now it looks a little bit grey, like matte at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, it just it's not quite as bright as I'd want it. Uh, dead last is the Alpine, obviously, and then House is second to last. If they don't keep that Russian flag on it from the Ural Cali, then then it's fine, obviously. Um, and yeah, the Alpha Tauri in the middle there, and um, I've forgotten the team, obviously. Um, uh, you are Red, Red Bull. Bull, yeah. Red oh Bull. yeah, I don't care about that at all. I think that's the same car as last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've completely forgotten one of the. I was just I was looking at the liveries in my head, and I was thinking, yeah, <coughs> what was what was unforgettable? It must have been that Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, it's very um, forgettable. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah I'm 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 still very much Williams heavy. Uh, Aston Martin saw my second, and Ferrari, I think. Um, they brought it pretty nicely with that sort of deep red, but um, yeah, those are my those are my thoughts. Um, I'm not going to do full on ranking because I don't even remember what, what no. order I rank those in right now. <laughs> I think, like you said, I think you said before, Luke. Like it's after like one and two, you probably have your favorite and your second favorite. After that, it's all kind of the same. It's, it's not really like a dead last. It's all kind of just one big mushy midfield. No, Alpine is dead last. Alpine's dead last. Absolutely, fuck that car. But the, the others are all kind of. Just in the middle of it, but um, what was yours, Luke? Was yours has yours changed since we uh, last spoke? So mine is an absolute roller coaster for the top three. It's right. one minute. It's one minute. It's, I think Aston Martin is still probably top for me. Yeah, Williams and Ferrari in second. I can't make up my mind which one. One of the two. I yeah, Ferrari just edges it today, but you could ask me tomorrow and it might be Williams. So <laughs> it's between the two. But after that, I'm honestly not super fussed by any of the cars on the grid. Um, See, that's Joe interesting because you called the, uh, the Alfa Romeo as, as your favourite a little it while was ago, didn't when you? I first saw it. And then I just kind of keep looking at the Aston. I'm like, it's <laughs> a good, like, it's a very good looking livery. Um, and then I see the Ferrari. I'm like, that's also a good looking livery. And then I see the, the, the Williams, like, that's also good. But I think the I think the Aston just just takes it for for number one for me. What are yours, Cal? Mate, Alpha Romeo is my favourite for sure. I love it, I absolutely love it. Um, and then I actually the McLaren uh, has crept up for me to a point where I put it in my top three, a very different top three. Um, and then to round it out, I'd probably say the Aston is my is my top three. Um, Alpha, McLaren, Aston whichever order you like now um and joe you said that last week there was like a poll wasn't there on the f1 website right yeah 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 i mean off the top of my head i remember the the um the ferrari won right the ferrari won by like a landslide it was like 30 yeah. percent of the vote wasn't it yeah um so, so yeah and then and then after that it kind of just dwindled off pretty quickly after that 30 percent. but i think in in second with 18 percent odd was the, the mclaren um or the the Ferrari and then the McLaren. Yeah, I think it was the Ferrari and then the McLaren, and then it sort of, you know, everyone was sort of fairly tied after that. Um, as I said, we were we were pissed off about what they did with the McLaren purely because it sort of 
felt like a half-assed attempt at the golf livery. We wanted the golf car. We all wanted the golf car. I, I wanted it fully. I understand that it was a special livery and they probably can't really do that um, because they're not like, you know, working with golf or anything anymore, I guess. But um, they've, they've done like a half nod at it. And I think the first time I saw it, I just didn't love it. Um, and now I'm, I'm cool with it, you know, um, yeah, and I, I can understand why it was the second favorite and I understand why it's in your top three as well. It's, it's just out of my top three. Um, but that's purely because I think the Ferrari is a little bit different this year. Williams is very different this year. And I think the Aston, I mean, even last year, it was arguably one of the best looking cars on track, um, with Alpine being, in my opinion, the best looking on track and going swiftly to the bottom for this year. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, it's a roller coaster for Alpine and their liveries. I'm Sorry, sure. BWT Alpine, not Alpine. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, they've kind of lost their humour now because we've used these jokes a few too many times. But we did compare the Alpine to um, some bubblegum cola bottles, um, Tanker Weiss blasts. And, yeah, they're um, mixed when you get the blueberry and the yeah. raspberry. Um, and such like that. So, yeah, it's just an absolute mess. Um, Alpine, you know, no disrespect to you. I'm sure you do a great job. I don't hate the first car that they're going to run for the first two races either. So the one that's flipped. The yeah, yeah, it's, which, which is just the racing point car yeah. from 2019, 2020. Yeah. It's just that car, isn't it? Yeah, Basically, pretty much. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's our liveries. Um, I don't know if there's a way for you to let us know what your favourite liveries are at home. I think we're making an Instagram and a Twitter, but, um, yeah, let us know if you can. If you can't, don't. We, we, have got, we have got an Instagram. We need to definitely post on it. Um, but at the minute, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, it's the fourth sector podcast. And Ooh. the four in that is the number four. So it's the, the number four sector <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we have four followers as of now because Woo! I haven't been bothered to make any graphic designs for the logo yet. Uh, top quality content here. But, you know. You, just just to say as well, you can also follow um, Invader Sports, which oh, I think has been promoted yeah. enough. Um, but that Definitely is literally that. just Invaders um, Invaders underscore Sports on Instagram. And they'll they'll be tagging us as well in all the in all the posts that involve us if we can get our ass into gear as well. Yeah, it was, that'll work at some point. Um, so I just wanted to touch on before we really start wrapping up here. Um, the sprint race changes. We have discussed this a couple of times, so we'll try and keep it brief. Um, eight points now available for first place in the sprint race, and pole position will now go to the pole sitter from the Friday qualifying. Um, are you guys looking forward to the three sprint events we've got this year, or um, not really? Do you know what? Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, I, I like that, you know, it does bring some excitement across the, the whole weekend for maybe less, less enthusiastic F1 fans, I, I guess. Um, the, 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 the part-timers, yeah. But for me, I think the standard format of the, the practice on the Friday, then quality on the, on the Saturday and the race on the, on the Sunday, to me that the format is, is fine. It works. Um, and I think Friday is such a tricky day, right? Because, you know, you've got a lot of, a lot of people are working. They're not able to really keep up what's going on in practice. Um, it's different if you work from home and you can kind of put it on 
a second screen or whatever or on in the background i i have been very spoiled to be working from home for for the last well season and a half at least um mm. and i will say that being able to watch the friday qualifying when you're working from home has always been an absolute fucking gem uh the friday practice sorry and then the saturday qualifying at home and the sunday race um but you know when we did get the opportunity to see those sprint races on a saturday and like we said, it's, you know, it's someone that uh, it's a reason to get people to, to buy tickets to those other days. Like, why do you want to buy a ticket to a Friday um, if it doesn't matter? So that's good, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the yeah, other side sure. of it, right? That is the other side of it. Um, I do think, I think it needs a little bit more tweaking. Um, I'm not really sure what those tweaks will be. Um, but I do think it, I do think it could be good. I mean, it's, I enjoy it. But I think it could be better. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to be the the kind of standard for the racing season, though. So we've got a switch up now. It's uh, Imola in April, Austria in July at the Ripple Ring, and Brazil into Lagos in November. Yeah, um, they're quite spread out, as you can tell from that, <clears throat> which is um, which is I think I think is good to have them quite spread out because I feel like sometimes they kind of. Um, they seemed like they, they came pretty thick and fast, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah. Last year. Um, but that's cool. And I think I think especially uh, Brazil, that you know, obviously worked so well last year, will yeah. be a really exciting one. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that'll be really good. Um, I've not always been in favour of it, but I uh, will die with my old habits, I think, in that sense, because... You know, when they change, they change, and we'll get used to it eventually, won't we? But um, I originally was a little bit thrown by it, and it seemed like you just sort of was about to get into the race, and then it was finished. Um, so hopefully, um, I think this is a point you made, Cal, that hopefully they'll just fucking kick it in a little bit earlier, and they'll go, you know, full steam ahead. Um, yeah, and yeah. the teams that weren't fighting for points in the Sunday race, you know, they might fight for these points here, right? Yeah, absolutely. It'll give them... A- a reason to set up differently maybe they'll set up on you know these other drivers will look at the longevity and they'll run mediums or they'll run hards and we'll have these guys on the soft tires they'll be flying we've got these aerodynamic changes that are meant to make overtaking and following a lot easier which means we're going to be a lot more you know hopefully straight into the action because whilst we say you know we're happy with the standard race weekend if we're going to do it like this we want to see balls to the wall fucking going for it you know you want to see people just you just want to see people to wheel racing and if we can get more of that that'll be great and hopefully these aerodynamic changes do help that but i i've i actually really liked it and i didn't realize that after joe and luke mentioned that they weren't that fond of it i sort of had a look on like reddit and stuff and saw that a lot more people weren't as keen as i thought they would be but um yeah i'm a bit of a fan but, but yeah. more points up, more points up for grabs means it's it's worth more, and I think yeah. that having those points up for grabs um, is a lot better, isn't it? Really, yeah, um, yeah it makes it us. worth it, and it makes yeah. it more exciting, and it makes it way more worth it for the drivers, which will be great, right? Yeah, definitely, I agree, I agree. Uh, one other thing that we haven't discussed that's breaking in the past week was Verstappen's new contract. Ah, yes, yeah, very very long contract. Very long. Uh, 2028, right? Some, yeah, apparently it's till he's 30. So, and he's, well, he's, I'm pretty sure he's younger than me. So he's younger than yeah, you. I think, I think it's 2028. Um, I might be wrong. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 2028. 
Um, and he's basically being just put on the same money as Lewis, which I think yeah. is hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, Horner said the decision was entirely straightforward and I can understand his thinking in that, to be completely honest. Um, I, th- I think it is straightforward uh, for them. Um, but that is that is big news. I know we've seen um, a few drivers uh, since we first recorded signed contracts. Um, but that's the biggest one. Yeah, for sure. Um, 50 mil a year, I heard. Yeah, like 45. Or it might be 50 more euros or 45 mil pounds or some, something money. like that. It's just something... Pocket money. Just something stupid. Yeah. I saw um someone say that he's agreed to 50 mil a year. Obviously, I this was a joke. Um, but it was like uh he's agreed to 50 mil a year, but he has to pay out of his own pocket for the damages he does to his car. And um <laughs> the, the joke was that he wouldn't get any money for the next fucking six years. Um, because he crashes a lot, basically. Um, because he's really aggressive. Um, but yeah, the massive contract, I you know. They're rewarding the faith, I suppose, and he's young, so you know there's no no one else out there, particularly at his age, doing what he's doing. So why wouldn't you want to secure the you know the long term best driver on the grid? I, I know, I I know that does make sense. The money is a bit we've crazy. Had Leclerc, but... we've had Leclerc on a long deal for ages, haven't we? But I know that uh, Lando signed one last month, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lando's um, staying on at McLaren four years. Which That's is great. great. And I think having these having these young drivers tied in, um, to be honest, is fucking sick because these are the guys that we want to be, you know, fighting for championships when drivers like Lewis and Sebastian and Fernando leave. Yeah. So I saw um Danny as well. They asked Danny Rick um like about I think I don't know if they asked him directly about the contract, but I think it's around when the announcement was coming out and he was just like how he's how he feels at home at McLaren after a few years of sort of bouncing around and he was like, I want to win a championship here, I want to stay here. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him re-sign over the next year or so as well. Yeah, I might I might have to have a look at when Leclerc finishes because I know he was on the like the most expensive deal um, for someone under the age of X for, for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was definitely, definitely not anymore. Ferrari's golden boy. So um, is there anything else we need to talk about? Are we, are we guessing the driver this week? I think we can guess. Isn't it, Cal, your turn? You it is. The driver, right? I picked a driver, yeah. It was a nice little sneaky way to bring it up, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, um, so we got we got yeah. three questions, right? To, to yeah. guess the driver. I want to preface um, this by saying that we were going to do a bit. Yeah, yes, we were we going were. to do a bit, and in our first episode, we started the bit with the driver being Nikita Mazepin. That was going to be the bit, um, and due to the current circumstances around Nikita Mazepin and his father and the, the Haas main sponsor, um, we're not going to do that anymore. No, we're going to switch it up. Um, so we're <laughs> gonna have we're, to switch it we're, up. We're just gonna actually play now instead. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> it's we're, not gonna be a bit anymore. It's not no, it's no fun now. Oh shit. Right, okay. So yeah, I um I uh, might make a quick last minute switch to my driver because you both know that it's Pastor Maldonado at the moment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. Do we? I wasn't gonna was okay. you not? Okay, no. fair play. I was going to do Pastor Maldonado. And now I is it Pastor Maldonado? It's Pastor Maldonado. It absolutely is. Oh, yeah. Well done, sick. Joe. I that win. Is... Do we... Are we keeping a points tally? No. Uh... <laughs> Should we be? 
We should maybe keep it. It was a bit originally. Oh, yeah, because there was no points tally. So I guess we now just have to actually. um... All right, yeah, I've got it. I've got my my driver. Yeah. I'm ready when you are. Hit it, Luke. Is it a current driver? It is not a current driver. Joe? Are they from Europe? They are not from Europe. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it Senna? No. No. But you're in the... I'll give you one for free. You're in the right country. All right, Joe, I guess you got... One more? Well, if we're in the country... Uh, Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, there's still loads to choose from. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I feel like a dick now because I'm just going to have to guess. Like, Is it Enzo Fittipaldi? No. No, it's uh, not. Bollocks. It was Felipe Massa. Oh. Yeah. Uh, don't know. Just first one that came to me after I got rid of Pastor Maldonado. Um, but we might need to up it to five questions now if we're actually going to guess. <laughs> or we do three. Or we do three. Three questions, three, each, which which yeah. might be a little bit a little bit nicer. Because um, that was hard to guess, Massa, from that amount of information. But yeah. and yeah. I was obviously thinking of Emerson Fittipaldi, wasn't I? I mean, you know, no one noticed. There's that. You know, there's podcasts out there that are way less informed than us that are doing really well. So you know, it doesn't matter either way. I don't know who you're talking about. Girl. I didn't. I, <laughs> you know, who knows? But. Um, I can literally I, hear you walk through the salt in your room. <laughs> I love being here on Invader Sports Fourth Sector Podcast, and that's all that matters. On Zoom, which we pay for. <laughs> we do pay for that. Zoom, sponsor us, please. 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 Uh, cool. I think, yeah, that wraps Zoom. it up for, for the week. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening. We will be back actually next week. We will I've, yes. We yeah. will be back next week. And we can't afford to not record episodes when we're paying for Zoom. We're all the, very, very skin. Yeah. And the week after that, I believe, will be the review for Drive to Survive. By Yeah, we've got review. Oh, we've, we've got, got we've got um, homework to do, huh? Oh yeah. And we got we got season predictions to do as well. Don't forget. Yeah. So plenty yeah. of that sort so, of stuff to come lots as well. To come. Lots to come. Um but yeah, thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Cheers. Oh, thank you.